Welcome to another session of Coffee and Conversation, and I have the distinct pleasure of interviewing Greg Ward today there. Greg, how are you doing? I'm doing great. What an honor to be asked on. Thank you. Good. A pleasure. So, Greg, I'm going to read your bio really quickly, and we're going to jump right in. I mean, you know me, I'm a New Yorker, so I like to do things in the New York minute. So let's just have fun with this. And so, Greg too. Ward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Greg Ward is the founder and executive director of the Center for Respectful Leadership and the author of the best-selling and award-winning book, The Respectful Leader. So Greg, tell us a little bit, before we go anywhere, tell us a little bit about the Center for Respectful Leadership, because the title alone draws me in every single time I hear it. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, thanks for asking about it. It was the genesis of a lot of thought over many years. I've been working as a trainer and executive coach and consultant in the leadership space. And something I often noticed was a lot of leadership training and coaching talks about everything but respect. There's not a lot of attention paid to it. The closest we get is servant leadership. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Yes. And I have always all my life been on a search for respect myself. I came out of a, an environment where I wasn't necessarily respected when I was growing up and then after I left college. And so for me, I feel that respect is extraordinarily important. And then when I started to research it, I realized that I've never met anybody who doesn't want to be treated with respect. Mm. And I suddenly started to find data that told me that organizations where people feel respected, I mean, nice organizations are nice to have, but re respectful organizations actually have really good outcomes on retention, and performance and productivity and mostly partnership. So I started to say, you know what, this is where I want my work to be for the rest of my life. And in 2019, we pulled the trigger and started up the Center for Respectful Leadership. And it's been going great guns, if you'll excuse the tortured metaphor, ever since. <laughs> oh, very good. I, I do have another follow-up question here because when you talked about respect and how it makes people feel inside of the uh, office space or inside of the organization, the, the new buzzword now is employee engagement, right? Mm -hmm. So so are you saying that people, if they're respected, engagement automatically happens? Is that what you're telling me now? That's essentially what the research is telling us. In ah. fact, I was just, I was citing some data this morning, which says that if if a group of employees feel uh, respected from an interpersonal point of view and an informational point of view and a procedural point of view, because there's sort of three different types of respect. But if they feel respected overall, they are 65% to be more engaged and 100% more likely to stick around. They are not likely to quit if they feel like they're working in an environment where they are respected. Greg, I, wow. For every listener out there, I want to make sure you you highlight this point here because what he just said is so important because I know a lot of organizations' main focus now is on getting people engaged. But however, if I don't respect you, 
engagement is never going to happen. So that, thank you, Greg, that was just amazing information that you just shared here. So I appreciate that feedback. So thank you. Thank you. And if I can add, Donald, that the, there was a time I'm a baby boomer. And when I first started working in as, as a teenager, I was just, I felt lucky to have a job. And I was given the worst possible job because uh, I was the newbie and I was told that's the way it is. Get over it. You put up with it. You keep your head down, keep your nose clean, all of those things. And you will eventually rise up through the ranks and, and be, you know, be rewarded with longevity and better pay and blah, blah, blah. Well, that all went out the window with the Great Recession of 2008 and 2012. And our millennial kids saw what was happening back then, all people losing their homes, getting laid off left, right, and center. And they said, you know what? We're not going to put up with that anymore. They're also the most educated in terms of degrees in, mm -hmm. in history. And they look around them, and they're not stupid. They see the trends in society. They don't want anything to do with working for a company that treats them like crap, so they'll They'll jump. And in today's full employment environment, they can jump and they can jump well. So mm -hmm. why not? You know, why stick around to, with a company that's not going to treat them with loyalty? Why should they be loyal? Right, exactly. <laughs> I've always asked the question, why should you be loyal? So it's a great, great, uh, great point there, Greg. So as we segue into this, how did you get into coaching? I understand the respectful leadership, but how did that transition into coaching? I'm going to tell you the truth. I was running a very successful training and consulting firm. And then in on 9-11, I, I had two very large contracts, one for a quarter of a million dollars to do training. And on 9-12, we got the call from our clients, we're done. So literally overnight, I had no income whatsoever. And I'd been talking with some colleagues who had said to me, you know, there's a subset of coaching. I never wanted to be a life coach. And they said, there's a subset of coaching that appeals to corporate trainers like you. And they call that executive coaching. And so they, there was a new program being stood up here in San Diego by someone I think you know, Jordan Goldrich. And at San Diego State, he, he stood up this, uh, this ICF certified executive coach training program, and I was in the first cohort. And uh, that's where I got excited. And I also took uh, mediation courses with the National Conflict Resolution Center. I studied alternative dispute resolution. So I'm kind of wear many hats, but I love coaching. I love coaching folks. And so once I graduated from that program, my business took off as a coach. Yes, my training business did take off too, but I, I love doing it all. Oh, thank you. Greg, what is it about coaching that you you love? Because I saw the change in your voice when you said, I love coaching. What is it about it that you love? That is such a good question. I think to be able to ask questions of someone you're coaching that cause them to have very deep and powerful mm -hmm. insights about themselves. It's not about telling people what to do. It's about asking questions where the light bulb goes on and they go, oh, I never thought about it that way. Or, oh, I'm uncovering a new perspective here that I never considered. That just, 
absolutely excites the heck out of me because they get excited and they get in action. And then I say, okay, what are you going to do with that insight? Let's go. When are you going to get it done? When are you going to start? What what are the key metrics that you're going to use to measure that and all that kind of stuff? So I I love generating, helping them generate the self-insight and then getting in action. I just absolutely love it. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> and I think that's what draws most people into coaching is that ability to serve and to work with other people, mm-hmm. right? So, and the fact that you love it, that's what this industry is about. It's about people that literally love it. You know what I mean? So, yes. yeah, to, yeah, yeah, to love it. So, Greg, I want to just ask this question. Can you share with us, I mean, how are you using kind of this whole power of coaching to change lives in communities and in organizations? How are you doing that? Well, thank you for asking that. It has been a long road for me. And one of the things I have always been interested in doing is bringing people back together and helping people get over interpersonal challenges. Now, that may be because I'm a middle child, And it may be because I'm an umpire in my spare time. I don't know. I'm just drawn to helping people come back together. And so what I devised was a kind of hybrid process that I call coaching for respect, in which I work with two people who want to repair their relationship. They've fallen out of respect for each other. They're looking for a way to come back together. They don't know how to do it. And maybe their HR director says something like, I know a guy or I know a coach who can help you both come back together and create a plan for working well together again. And that's what I do. I That's where I'm spending a lot of my coaching time is running this process that I call coaching for respect. And it's essentially helping people see what they respect in the other person, own their own behaviors and how they cause the relationship Mm. to fall apart and coaching them towards a better future together. And that's essentially what I'm doing now. And I'm doing it with nonprofits, for-profits, even government agencies, I've been doing it. And people often say, "Is it? are you always successful? And the answer is no, maybe 50-50, because there are so many variables involved. There's Some people have what we call an unrightable wrong. The behavior by the other person was so egregious that the last thing they want to do is is work with them again. And if I find that out, there's not much I can do. Try to coach them past it. And if they can't get past it, then I can't work with them in terms of that process. But I love it. it. It's hard. It isn't the easiest thing. It's not for everybody, that's for sure. But it seems to be my sweet spot, what I love to do. Thank you. And I, the term, even coaching for respect is, is, is a beautiful thing. Coaching for respect. Wow. I, I keep hearing Aretha Franklin's words. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> All I want is a little respect. Man. It's so true. That's it. It's so that true. is so true. And even, so, even Rodney Dangerfield, you know, we always used to make a joke about, I get no respect. I don't get no respect. <laughs> yes. You know, we're all in a way Uh, No matter where we are in our development as human beings, I think that there is a fundamental desire to be respected for whatever, 
and not to be egregiously disrespected. And unfortunately, we're seeing a lot of disrespect in public, especially these days. And I feel bad for people because it's really hard. It really beats you down when you're treated with disrespect. It's a tough road to hoe. And if I can help in that regard, then I that makes me feel good. Very good. I just got another question that popped up for you. This is why it's great to have coffee and conversations, right? So is there a is there a major difference between respect and valued? Wow. That's a powerful question. I think they are linked. I think they are mm. connected. But I would say, like trust, which is similar, respect, if if you feel respected first, before you are looking for trust or even being valued, then that is the door open towards being trusted and valued. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, yes. I. So what you said, basically, respect is the door to valued and trust, to value yes. and trust. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. If if Donald, if you walk into a place and you immediately don't feel respected, mm. at least at least as a human being walking in, uh, you're probably not going to get to feeling valued, and you're probably not going to be get to feeling trusted. So there must be some fundamental common respect before those two mm. things start happening. That wow. I'm so glad I'm interviewing you because that to me was that answers a lot of questions because I a number of people when we talk to they they want to feel valued right mm-hmm. but if you're not respected value is not it's not going to be there trust is not going to be there it's because it's be res- there. oh it's wow not be there. greg now the the really tricky part about it is if you're talking with a leader if you're trying to coach a leader who has an expectation that they will automatically be respected the moment they walk in. Well, that's a problem because what our research tells us is when leaders have an expectation, almost a demand for respect before they do anything, most people will not respect them. It's when that leader goes out of their way to be respectful to everyone that's when that respect will be reciprocated. You know, they often talk about you can tell a person by their a person's character by the way they treat the wait staff at a restaurant when restaurant. you go out. Mm. You know, and I recently was called up by CEO and head of HR, and they said, "Hey, we've got the senior executive, and they they seem to have." issues with being respectful. And I said, well, tell me some of the behaviors. And that was the thing. They that One of the first things they brought up as well, we all went out to, to dinner with the leadership staff, and this person was really rude to the wait staff, just <laughs> really dismissive. They snapped their fingers. And I said, well, that's a problem. Because if that's how they're going to che- treat the least among us, then how are they going to treat the rest of us? So I, I ended up recommending that I, I could not help that person because there was a whole bunch of other disrespectful yeah. behavior. Exactly. So that's a good and, symptom. <laughs> well, it is. And I, I think I I am enjoying hearing from you, Greg, that you're willing to say no, that you can't yeah. work with people. And I yeah. I think it's important for coaches to to realize that it's okay to say no. 
right? We're it not, is. we're not, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I made a mistake. I'll be honest. Can I tell you about a mistake? Yes, I please, please do. Early on when I started doing this work using my coaching for respect process, I got a call from, let's just say a, a university uh, head of a department who said, we're supposed to be in partnership with a sister university on a on a research project and my my uh, counterpoint the counterpart in the other university is being really disrespectful to me and my staff can you work with us both and i i said let me give it a shot contact the other counterpart and they totally bs'd me they totally i i didn't pick up on the signals they said yes 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 absolutely we want to work together in partnership with this other person happy to go through your coaching for respect program and we got two or three meetings in and it was really obvious that they had no interest whatsoever they had no respect for their colleague and i had to call a halt to the whole thing and it was really ugly it was very uh, ugly for me, uncomfortable for me. And I have learned, I got to read the tea leaves really well mm. before I say yes, because a lot of people will will do it because they're, they feel like they have to be a team player when they don't really want to, yeah. or there's a sort of Damocles over their head. You'd better do this coaching thing, or you're going to be out of here, that kind of thing. And that's just out of integrity. I don't want anything to do with that. Agree. And, and, and thank you again, I want to make sure that our listeners understand the the key points that he's talking about is out of integrity, right? This is as yeah. coaches, we don't ever want to be out of integrity. And, and that's, that's some of the things that you are talking about. That's really hitting home right now. So that's perfect. Thank you. Thank you. This it's, segues in, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I cut you off. Say, it's, I think as coaches, you and I have been coaching for a long time. Fortunately, you sort of get that spidey sense that you can tell when someone's BSing you pretty early on during the fit call, that kind of thing. And, and I, you know, at that time, I also needed the money. I needed the work. And I just thought, yeah. it'll work out. I can do this. I'm good enough. <laughs> well, it didn't. I blew it. And so I think, you're, you know, you would agree with me. Trust your instincts. If you feel it's not quite right, it's better to say no than to try and make it work out. Uh, agree with you. And now science has proven that we have a, a brain in our gut, right? So it's like, yes. so, so yes. trust, trust that yes. gut, right? Yep. Uh, so Greg, what, what guidance or what advice would you give someone considering a coach to help them move forward? What, what advice would you give them? Thank you for asking. I, I am asked this question a lot because when I do keynotes and when I do trainings, I there's always a little bit of coaching inside of everything I do simply yeah. because I'm very interactive. I'm not just get up there and talk kind of guy. So I'm always having conversations with the audience. And then people come up to me and say, I want to do what you do. I want to be a coach. And I'm like, okay, all right. What are you passionate about? What do you care about? Now, for me, it's about respect. And, and I decided that a long time ago. But the 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 space and and you know this the coaching space is so full right now with mm. so many great coaches, but it's at capacity now where you can't swing a cat as they say in San Diego without hitting a coach somewhere. Coach, yeah. So my advice is is coach on what you're extraordinarily passionate about, what you care about, mm. what makes sense to you, what you understand. It's a cliche, but find your coaching niche. Where is it that you are most effective? What area is it? 
Is it like me? Is it uh, interpersonal relationships in workplaces? Or is it around coaching people on career transition? Is it coaching people on doing something brand new with their lives and their careers or whatever it is? Be specific. Choose your niche because you're much more likely. You have to stand out amongst a sea of very good coaches. Coaches, yes. Yeah. Thank you, Greg. That's that's some tremendous advice right there. And before we get ready to wind this up, I know you have a new certification program that's coming out that's centered around your uh, coaching for respect. Do you want to share a little bit about that yes. for all listeners out there? Thank you very much uh, for asking me to talk about it. Essentially, over the years, I have put together and refined a process that I now call coaching for respect because I've run the process sort of out of my back hip. I know what I'm going to do and I know how I'm going to operate, but I never wrote it down. And I had a lot of my clients say to me, especially heads of HR, they said, that was really good what you did with with those folks who work for us. I want to be able to do that too. Do you have it written down? And the answer was no. And then I recently wrote it down, came out with a new book called Restoring Respect. And it's all about how to run the coaching for respect process. And there are some people like you I would, uh, who have a lot of chops, a lot of experience. It's possible you could buy my book and after reading it and getting the workbook, you, could, you might be able to run the process yourself, no problem. Mm -hmm. But there are other people who really want to learn it hands-on. Uh, we use professional actors in our programs. So we're hosting an in-person certification program right here in San Diego in late June, uh, to which all your listeners are invited. They can find it on our website, respectfulleadership.org, and click on the Coaching for Respect tab. That'll tell you all about it. It's a two-and-a-half-day intensive small cohort certification program, and you will come out of that program fully certified as an expert coach facilitator. That's the title, expert coach facilitator in the coaching for respect process. Wow. It, it sounds awesome, Greg. And I want to thank you for, for your time. I want to thank you for your, your wisdom. And most of all, I want to thank you for your passion that, that showed up in this interview. And Keep doing what you're doing and keep bringing respect to the forefront, Greg. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been an honor. Yes.